This is the opening of this episode of the Monster Baby Podcast. A curious romp through the worlds of mindfulness and improvisation. Look, it's Lisa Rowland. And that's Ted Maison. Whoa, what a curious combo. This is episode number 60. Oh, happy anniversary. Very exciting. This is like 60 seconds in a minute, 60 minutes in an hour. This must be significant. 12 times 5. I mean, prime number what times. What else do you need to know? Three, Twelve I mean, times five. Sixtieth episode. This there it is. is Twenty you're times be three. Amazed. We got a lot going on here. Wow. Um, we're going to talk about. We're. This episode talks all about Ted's book. Wow. Yeah. Speaking of wow. He is done with his book, and so we do sort of talk about that. We lead in. We sort of hit record. We were in the middle of checking in about a class that Ted was just teaching, and so you'll we'll, we'll drop in at that. That's where you'll drop into the conversation. <laughs> it could be a little sudden, but, you know, now we've given you some context. You'll yeah, know exactly what's happening. Now you know what's going on. But, uh, yeah, the class that I'm teaching is about vocal presence and delivery and speaking your truth. And so that's how we got into the, into the conversation of speaking the truth of a book. So yeah. hopefully we'll have some, as you listen, it'll have some insight for you about the creative process and working through challenges and how do you find your voice or what sticks. And if nothing else, just get fired up about getting Ted Demison's book. Freaking fired up! On March 21st. How many times can we say that? Okay. March 21st. <laughs> When's it coming out? March 21st. Oh, okay. Three, I better, three, two, one. I better hit that deadline. Yeah, you better. <laughs> you better. So, okay. Anyway, uh, hope you enjoy. Thanks for being with us and uh, we'll see you on the... Uh, on the flip side. On the tail end. <laughs> <laughs> it's always something new. It's always. We'll see you later. Later, <laughs> when the time comes. Thank you. My class went fine. It was really cool to see. I, I didn't feel like I got a ton done. Again, it like takes way longer than I think. But at the end of it. People were definitely like visibly more lit up mm. and enjoying the sound of their voices, which was really cool. Cool. There's one guy in particular who tends to be pretty quiet. Yeah. And I, the whole time, like, I'm always like, I need to hear you more. I need to imagine you're speaking to me on the other side of the room. Yeah. You know, I can't. And his just, but at the end of the night, he was starting to get more expressive and his eyes were wide open and he was loving it. You know, there's something about, I do a lot of work with volume when I coach communication of course because the the difference between speaking at a fine level and speaking at an optimal level is huge in terms of how a person comes across yeah. and they don't need to change anything but their volume and they're more engaged they seem to have more conviction they seem to care more they seem to believe in what they're saying more they seem to to want to communicate it more like all of this change happens and it's psychologically a really hard I, I feel like it is so tied to a psychology right that makes it very difficult to improve because it feels like I'm stretching outside of a social norm. Like we all think we're behaving in the right way. Sure, or we found a pattern that has that works for to us to some degree yeah, for so, us, and so we go with it. Yeah, and so changing it, and I think especially volume talks or requires that we change how much space we're taking up. That's right. Which can feel so threatening and disorienting. Yeah, well, that, that's what I started the class with was a reminder to say, okay, so a lot of you are taking this class because you want to step into your vocal power. Mm -hmm. You want to have more connection and more impact in the world. Along with that is going to be more vulnerability. Yeah, because like this is going to be hard to... Speaking up means... Hanging you are, your cheese out there yeah, in the wind. Hanging your cheese in the wind. <laughs> <laughs>
Yes. This is from Ferris Bueller's Day Off, in case our dear listeners. I was like, I've never heard that expression. That sounds like something from either Wisconsin or Germany. I don't know. I can't remember the last time I used that, but it's Ed Rooney. The principal says, no kid's going to leave my cheese out in the wind. Okay. Yeah, so your cheese is out in the wind. You're you're putting your cheese in the wind. It's like (laughs) you you choose to say that. like, yeah, I want to have an impact, and maybe I'm not going to, but I'm taking the risk of trying. And I'm saying this. Like, I believe this could have an impact. And I'm saying it matters to me. Yeah, it matters to me. So there's there's that vulnerability that people have to get through. Yeah. But then when they do, it's just like the experience of... Incredible. Having your cheese in the wind. (laughs) Yeah. Feels kind of good. It's like, oh, that feels nice. (laughs) (laughs) So, So this actually, I think, is a good segue because... We're talking about I got something to say and saying it to the world and hope that it, have, it has an impact or allow it to have an impact, put right. it out there. And you have just completed have. an intense project, Yeah, your book. And it's it's done now, right? Yeah. I mean, there's like logistics of making sure that the ebook is published in the right way and edited or whatever, right. but the content is locked in. Content's done. It's off at the publisher. You know what the cover looks like, You know, right? It's like yeah. the project is done. Yeah, it's, I'm like stitching together the last element. So I recorded the audiobook two weeks ago. I edited the audiobook last week. My nephew is listening to it with his, you know, Critical 22 ears. year old engineering, audio engineering ear, uh, giving me some suggestions. Is he for, an audio engineer? Uh, well, he's like, he, he loves does this to stuff. make music and he does, he plays drums and makes drum tracks. And ah, so he knows all this stuff. He's, he's versed in this. Yeah. So he's listening and. You know, yeah, catching all these little final errors, but I have the hardcover is literally on its way to me right now. I just got a notice saying it's being shipped. Oh my god! It has it has been shipped. Oh my god! I've ordered the paperback. It'll be another two days before. One. It. Yeah, just a proof copy to. Oh yeah, yeah, great. Get to see what they're like. Yeah. And at this point now, any changes I make are going to cost me money. <laughs> Up until now, it's like I could revise. As much as you want. Right. But and now it's sort of like another level of permanence. It is amazing how many layers and levels of errors one can find <laughs> in a creative project like this. So, you know, in general, I'm pretty good with typos and things. But I wrote the document. I had an editor working with me, I don't know, two months ago. I was like, yeah, it's pretty pretty much done. I'm pretty, yeah, no, it wasn't. So then I went through, did another pass and found, I don't know, maybe 50 things to change. And, then, and are you talking about like grammatical yeah, punctuation, typos, th- actual th- errors, not ca- rewordings of things, no, but errors. No, a capitalization that shouldn't be there, yeah. extra spaces, whatever. And then I thought, okay, well, before I went on vacation, I sent a, a version of that proof to Ingram Spark, the people who are publishing, who are doing the printing. Ingram Spark. And then knowing that there were going to be errors, but I could change them when it came back. And then I started doing the audiobook and reading the book out loud, I literally found 70 more. Yeah. <laughs> it was, oh my God, that's a lot. I mean, like two or three errors, not a big deal. I found 70 more. So, okay, so then I go correct all those. It's like Mary Poppins' bag. They're just like, there's just yeah, always just more in there. It keeps coming up. Yeah. And then when I'm like going through listening to the audiobook files and like trimming it and editing that, then I notice a couple more, like, oh, I forgot to thank this person in the acknowledgments. Mm, oh, yeah, content stuff. And then a couple days later, oh, I forgot to thank this person in the acknowledgments. Yeah. And then got all that done. 
thought I was like totally done, and then I realized, oh, on the cover it says Ted Demaison, MBA, MTH, Masters in Theology. On the title page, I had written Ted Demaison, MBA, MTS. Which is what? It's, the, it's a different way of saying Masters of Theological Studies. Ah. But like the cover says MTH, the title page says MTS. No, you can't do that. Yeah. So all these tiny, tiny, so, tiny little so details. So now that you're at a place of semi-finality. Yeah. Are you expecting to make any more changes? Are you like, the typos that are in there are in there? Like, do you believe there are more errors in there? <laughs> Just based on experience, yeah. I'm confident that there are somewhere. Yeah. But they're not big ones. Like, I, I've looked visually at this thing many, many times. So many times. The page numbers are aligned, the chapter. Yeah. But this is kind of what's fun. What has been fun is, like, writing the book was one project. Editing the book was another Doing the layout and the design yeah, was another. Yeah. Formatting, learning how to do Microsoft Word so that the left footer says the section number and the right footer says the chapter and you yeah. get the page numbers aligning and some pages say the page, page number, some don't and all that. There was that and then there was learning about the audiobook and then learning about who's going to distribute it and how is it going to be sold and how do you link to Amazon. And yeah. Just all learning, you're learning the whole, because you're, you're doing it yourself. All, I'm doing it all myself. Yeah. I mean, with the help of these people that I'm connected with. Right. But yeah, for the most part. It's huge. And so more than any other project I've ever done, this feels like this is going to be a freaking accomplishment. Yeah. Like you this know? is you. Yeah. Like from start to finish. I mean, obviously with help and guidance and things, but like. Yeah. And it's us too, because the book is totally based on the podcast. Yeah. And each chapter the the starting point for each chapter was the transcript of our podcast episode. Right. And in general, because you're so brilliant and I'm so brilliant. <laughs> no, because we do, a, I think we do a good job of following each other's thread. They're pretty logical episodes, so uh -huh. I didn't have to do too much shifting. And some yeah. of the paragraphs that are now in my voice were originally your voice. Mm -hmm. um, so that was relatively easy to, to start. I forgot why I started this comment. Oh, because I said it's you. It's all, it's this whole that's thing, right, like this whole right. yeah. overarching project is really, Yeah. So you have wrought this. Yeah, it feels like I have, I have tended it and I've gotten help along the way. Yeah. But yeah. Well, I, and you've taken it from a bank of text to right. a book. That's right. And all the pieces, logistical and otherwise, that go along with that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's, I mean, that's huge. One of the things that has been really interesting to me along the way is going through my own process of the creative journey. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we talk about creativity on the podcast and we have all these theories about ways we should approach life, but I've like really had to apply them because there are days when I felt like this is totally boring. Nobody's going to want to read this. Mm, when you've been uninspired by your own content. Yeah. And it's like, am I just, I'm just telling stories about my life and like, who cares? Yeah. So how do you handle those moments when you're like, when you, when you lose conviction that this is a thing that, that the world needs or that you want to put into the world? Um, well, I never lose conviction that I want to put it into the world, but that anybody's going to care. Yeah. It's mostly just kind of acknowledging that that's part of the process. Yeah, yeah. That everybody who creates stuff goes through that. Yeah. And then I wait a day, and then it kind of comes back around. Right? There was a long, long stretch where I thought, I am not going to be able to find a title for this thing. I've got a working title. It was going to be called A Curious Rump, Mindfulness and Improvisation for a Life Well-Lived which is kind of like the podcast subtitle. And I thought, that's accurate, but it wasn't inspiring me. And mm -hmm. I didn't 
whenever I said it to people, it's like, hmm, oh. Yeah, it was, yeah. So, so do you want to tell us what the final... Well, yeah, so now, well, let me say a little bit about the journey. But so I like brainstormed, you know, dozens and dozens of titles. I surveyed friends and like tried things out. Yeah. And it was like iteration, 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 I don't know. Yeah. Tried eight zillion subtitles. I will say from my perspective, yeah. it was kind of a fun thing to be on the other side of that process. Be because I get it. like a phone call. It was like, hey, uh, I got a new title. I'm working on a new title. Or yeah. I've got three different ki- subtitles what do you think of these three? And it was so, because sometimes it was totally different than the title you were you, you right. were working on. Sometimes it was like one word was different. Right. Some, you know, like sometimes it was a different set of alliterative words. Right. Uh, or whatever it is. But it was, it was, it was, I really felt right there with you on the journey cool. of, of like finding it. And yeah. sometimes it's like, nah, tear that down, do this. Oh, somebody asked me this question and this was the answer and that was interesting and so I'm working with that now, right? Yeah. Until something sticks, which is, feels like it requires a trust in the process. Yeah, well, it's funny that you use the word stick because that was what gave me, gave me great momentum was I wrote to Chip Heath, one of the authors of Made to Stick, Mm-hmm. It was about sticky ideas, and and I really like his books and his cover, and covers, and they have great titles. It's super clear. And I wrote to him. And I said, "Hey," because he's at Stanford at the business school. I said, "Might you be free to get together for coffee or something?" Here's what I'm facing. I'm struggling with this, and he wrote me back an email, and he said, "Look, just when we did our covers and our titles, we literally." like wrote everybody we know and like gave them 25 options just kept iterating and iterating and iterating until we found something that people resonated with so just keep going for it keep trying yeah, it out that's right and I remember you saying that he was like the one thing I can tell you is it took a really long time yeah. like and, we we worked and worked and worked to find the things yeah. that worked and eventually we were really glad with what we landed on it feels like such a Great example of this thing. I've heard it a couple, I don't know, this has popped up a little bit recently for me, which is we, we only see the end point and we don't see the process right. when we look around the world. And it's so helpful to sort of like peel back the end point, which is made to stick this beautiful, like awesome title, awesome subtitle, whatever it is. Yeah. And be like, oh, how, do they, how do they just come up with that? And the assumption we have is that the people just knew how to do that or just had it right away. coming out of Zeus's head. Here's this magical thing. And then if that's not happening to you, then you just don't have that gift. Right. Or you're not talented in that way. I just was like, I don't know if I'm ever going to find it. I I knew that. I felt like I'm talented enough. I just don't know if that muse is going to show up. Right. And It might not come. Yeah. But so then I tried like titles like Unleashed. I thought, ooh, that's a bold word. That's a fun, active, evocative image. But wasn't quite right. I tried <laughs> one that was came up was, I mean that uh, that I liked that was different was ooh what's this, <laughs> which I love that nobody would know what the title was about, but it would draw it was them in. Evoked curiosity, yeah. right? And like my nephew again, he's like been one of my greatest consultants. Yeah, I love it. He was like, I totally would pick that book up. Yeah, but okay, that fell by the wayside. Eventually, I was having a conversation with my with my mom when I was in the throes of this frustration, and she said. Well, why don't you just go back and like re-examine who your target market is and what you want to be doing and who you want to serve and and what's your what's your core message? And I'm like, oh my lord, I can't. I've been doing that for three yeah, years. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. You know, if I do that again, I'm gonna chew my head off. Yeah. Like some insect. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> good. And she said, well, what's your what do you want to be your brand? What do you want to be known for? What do you want to be known for? 
And I was like, oh, well, that's easy. I'm a playful mindfulness. I'm, a playful, I'm the playful mindfulness guy. That's yeah. what I want to do. That's the class I teach at Stanford. It fills up. People like it. I love teaching it. I do it well. Yeah. And she said, why don't you name your book that? And I paused because I had, I had thought of naming the book that, but before it felt inaccurate. Yeah. But then all of a sudden it was like, oh, no, but that feels right. Yeah. And... I had been stuck on wanting to balance mindfulness and improvisation because it was based on the podcast. But this was a way to say it's mindfulness infused with improv. So that feels like a different thing. Mindfulness is the point. Yeah. Not it's improv. It's more about mindfulness. Informed by improv. And, e and then also, even if it wasn't quite accurate, that the title was still more evocative than anything else I had found. And it's more... This idea that that's what you want to put into the world exactly. is the idea of playful mindfulness. So it's totally accurate in terms of this is my work the, and this is one piece of my work. And now I'm totally aligned with it. So I'm jazzed. Yeah. And, and you now when I'm sharing Ted it with Demizone, other people. author of Playful Mindfulness. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But then as soon as that happened, then the subtitle came pretty quickly. And I had a few tweaks, but a joyful journey to everyday confidence, calm, and connection. There's that alliteration. That, well, that came, yeah, that came <laughs> out of, like, I had been saying the benefits were spontaneity, freedom, ease, and joy. Uh-huh. Mm, you know, I like those, but other people weren't resonating with them. Yeah. So somebody said, well, don't put it in your words, put it in your, your audience's words. words. And yeah. I was like, oh, that's my class. Yeah. The people who attend my class. So I went back and looked at the evaluations, and those are the words that showed up again and again. It. Confidence, calm, connection. Alliteration built in. I yeah. didn't even have to do it. <laughs> right. Added bonus. <laughs> so then that came, and then the title happened in like, I mean, not the title, the cover happened in like a week mm -hmm. where I got a recommendation to set up this contest on 99designs.com, mm -hmm. set it up. I got whatever, 11 designers submitted a, and one of them I liked, and she was great, and we just worked together, and then eventually came up with something that I'm I love it. psyched about. So cool. So, yeah, now, you know, we, whether I think it was going to resonate with people anyway, but even if it doesn't, I have the feeling of, like, I am proud of this. Mm -hmm. I like the title. I like the cover. I like what's in the book. I think it's interesting. Yeah. I did a decent job with the audiobook. Mm -hmm. Let's see what happens. Okay. I have, two, I have two questions right now. Okay. One of them is... <laughs> what was the low point, if you can identify mm -hmm. it? Like, was there a point where you were like, done with this, or depressed about it, or just like, like, what was the low point? How did you move through it? What did it teach mm -hmm. you? The second thing is, you have just recorded the audiobook, right. which means you have read out loud all nine and a half hours yeah. of this book and revisited all of the topics. And I'm wondering what jumps out at you, right? It's all yeah. stuff we've covered before. Right. But what, like, was there something that was especially helpful or that you had to hear or that stuck right. with you the second time through when you were reading it? Yeah. And what was that? And, like, what like what rose to the top for you upon this? Right, you're a different person now than you were when right. we recorded episode number four or whatever. Right. Yeah, okay, so let's do, the, let's do those two differently. Yeah. Um, so the low point... I think the struggle around the, the title and the subtitle was one of it. Was one it of was those more frustrating than... It just was like, is this ever going to show up? Is this ever going to show up? And I knew that it was the 
switch that needed to get tripped to free up everything else. Mm. And I like so wanted to move forward on everything else, but couldn't do it. And so just this like every like day of like, this is all I'm thinking of and all I'm asking people about. And I must be the most boring person in the world right now as a friend or son or whatever, because I, I just every day like, how about this? How about this? How about, and it felt so like desperate, mm -hmm. you know? So I didn't like myself in that mm. time, but that was, it was okay. Because yeah. I mean, again, I, I could every now and then get a step back and be like, is this part of the process? It's going to come eventually. But yeah. another of the hardest parts where I really, I, and I, I really did have to practice some of my mindfulness skills, and I think I did a decent job, was more recently, before I went on vacation, I sent in that proof uh, of the book so that the ebook could start its 15 business day process. Like it takes that long to convert From submission the book to, to them having an ebook. Yeah. Because the ebook, you know, you have to put the footnotes in the right place and it's got to be hyperlinked and all that. So I come back from vacation. I call to check in. How's it going? It's like 10 business days afterwards. They say, it's fine. We can't really get an update until the 15 days. So you'll know when it's okay, fine. I call the 15 days. Oh, no, it's not done. Let me check on it. If there's any problem, I'll give you a call right away. You should hear from us shortly. Okay. Didn't hear from them. I called the next day. I said, what's the scoop? Can you tell me? And they said, oh, yeah, you know, you never submitted this to be, to be uh, converted. You didn't, you didn't pay for it to be converted, so um, it hasn't been started. And so now this was March 3rd or 4th. It was like two days ago. Yeah, and I'm wanting to publish on March 21st. So there's now 15 business days left until March 21st. Total. That's not enough time. Right. So I was so mad. And the person that I spoke to at Ingram was so not helpful. He just kept defending them and like not admitting, not understanding. He just kept telling me why I was wrong. Well, you didn't pay for it. You didn't. I'm like, oh my Lord. I had a special conversation about that whole thing. And he, he just wouldn't get it. Yeah. And then he sent me a summary email saying, here's our conversation. And he said nothing about my concern. It was just all the things I had done wrong. Oh so, boy. Yeah. Eventually I spoke with a supervisor. It feels like people skills 101. It was like, pretty, oh, hear the person. Yeah, it was pretty wild. Reflect what you've heard. I had this flash of anger, though, yeah, yeah, which yeah. I don't usually, I mean, I don't usually get really angry. I was so enraged because I, was, I had been so diligent. Yeah. And I really want to have the all forms of the book, the audiobook, the ebook, paperback, hardcover, on sale at the same time. Mm -hmm. It doesn't really matter, but I really wanted it. Yeah. It just felt like it'd be cool and clean and fresh. Yeah. And so I had gone so far out of the way to make it happen, and then it didn't. So, but I was able to say, okay, look, I've got those feelings, and what needs to happen now? Mm -hmm. That did happen, that they didn't start it. I can't change that. Right. So now what? Mm -hmm. And so I was able to acknowledge those feelings and then say, okay, well, let me get resourceful. Eventually I talked to a supervisor, and I said to her, okay, Haley, <laughs> Thank you for calling me back. Here's the deal. I've got two things. One is I would like to be acknowledged for what happened. And then I'd like to figure out what do we do next. Yeah. And so I told her and she said, yeah, I can understand why that would be really frustrating. I'm really sorry that happened. Thank you, Haley. I, exactly. That's all we need. She said, we really messed up. That doesn't sound right. I don't know why people said what they said to you. Yeah. But they shouldn't have. Yeah. 
and I'm really sorry that we didn't catch that sooner. And you said, can I recommend an improv training uh, <laughs> off-site for your team so that they might work on active listening skills and reflecting <laughs> back and empathy? That's a great idea. I know actually. somebody who can. Uh, <laughs> I can help I know you somebody out. who can do that. Oh, boy. So, and then she was great, so now it's being expedited, and hopefully it's going to be fine, and we'll great. find out. Great, But whatever can be done is being done. Yeah, great. So that was another low point of, like, feeling attached. I've been doing all this work, and, like, I'm... But, you know, March 21st, it doesn't really have to be March 21st. If right. it's April 3rd, you know, who cares? That will be okay, yeah. Although it does sound like it will come out on March 21st. Yeah, if I don't have the ebook ready by March 21st, the others are going to come out March 21st. March 21st, listeners. Almost That's certain. when you can get it. Yeah. March 21st, keep your eyes out. So so those are the two low points. And, and again, it's fun to look back and now have the story to tell of, yeah, I'm trying to take part in the creative process. This is stuff that happens. It's messy. Know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then the question about what insights stood out. What stood out to me in reading the book was the, were the places where I felt most emotional. And there were a few... There you were, mean like stories that made it into the book that were of emotional moments in your life? Exactly. Uh. Or, or insights that I feel particularly strongly about. Mm. And so in the chapter where I'm talking about uh, coming out of our episode on impulse versus pause, we're talking mm. about letting impulses free, I integrated a blog post that I had written about creativity and unleashing creativity mm -hmm. and he used stories about our dog Manny yeah. and about the way we trained oh, him and yeah, letting yeah, him yeah. run free and the the joy that he felt when he got to be off his collar, off his leash and to just run and the joy I felt in watching him run free mm -hmm. and how great it is to have our creativity run free like that. Yeah. When I was speaking that, I could feel it, mm. you know. When I read the acknowledgments at the end, mm -hmm. um, it was very powerful. Like writing the acknowledgments was one of the most powerful pieces of the book because I was on the plane, but I just tears were streaming down my face the whole time. Of all of the gifts you every, had received, every and person the ways that, that people who, had helped you, who was part of this process, and like whose thoughts or contributions went into my intellectual exploration and improv people and mindfulness people, and I'm so grateful for all of those people. I know. And I was so thankful to be feeling that when I was writing it because I think it comes through. Yeah. But then when I spoke it out loud, I was like, am I going to be able to get through this? Oh, yeah. And I did, but I could hear in my voice. Emotion. Emotion. Like there was one part where I was thanking Rebecca Stockley, who yeah. was so generous when I first got to California about here's what being an applied improviser is like. Here's how you set up your business. Here's what you should charge. All those really vulnerable questions. I like... She's just so great to me. Yeah. So so there was that. And I did cry. When I finished the acknowledgments, it's like, okay, pause. And I'm going to just cry. Yeah. But there was another That's one. That's so nice. Isn't that sweet? Oh, God, yeah. I mean, I it just makes me feel like we should all write our acknowledgments. That's a great exercise. I mean, gra right? Yeah. Gratitude practice. Yeah. So there was that. And then there was other one other point. This was, I don't think we talked about it in the episode. Uh, it was about curiosity, and there was I, I added this thing. It's like, well, what about the cat? That's the header for the paragraph or this little section. What about the cat? Yeah, love it. Because I'm like extolling the virtues of curiosity and why it's so great. And we yeah, should, but curiosity kills the but cat. Curiosity killed the cat. What do you do with that? Yeah. And then I said, yeah. It's dangerous. Most cultures have stories. 
that tell you, be careful. Stay like, in line. Pandora's box and Icarus in the Sun and Little Red Riding Hood. Little the, all the fairy tales about going in the forest, yeah. right? And it, I said, even Curious George is like he he's gets into trouble. They're trying to rein him in all the time, and he's got Curious in his name. <laughs> but then the next thing I said was, that's all true. There's good reasons to be cautious, and I still think there's something fundamental in our being that bucks against those restrictions, uh -huh. that longs to be free, that wants to know, and that that's part of being human at the most basic level. Yeah. And when I said that, I was like, oh, I'm speaking something that really, really matters to me. Wow. That I want to say to other people. Wow. Because I could feel a little tremor that's in my so voice. That's so cool how, like, your body tells you yeah. what's up. And so that notion of your curiosity is a good thing to welcome into the world and let's do that together. Yeah. Like, oh, I feel that so deeply. Right. And, and like, so, yes, of course, there will be times when you got to be ruled by something else. Yeah, but sure. Yeah. So, but know what you're doing and know that your curiosity is good. It was those when... I, why do you think that touches you so deeply? That particular insight? Yeah. Like, do you feel like there's that's a response to feeling like you weren't allowed to be curious or you're not? Or like... Per, like I believe that too, although I don't know that it would sort of make Move you like those. strike that yeah. chord in my heart. It's like I'm, yeah. I think it's really deeply connected to the most elemental beliefs I have about like in my worldview. Uh -huh. Like, what are we humans about? Learning. We're about like we we get Inquiring. given this gift, and it's like to. That's anima, anima learning, the name of my business, is that breath that animates. It's like, okay, the way I describe it is a lifeless pile of something gets this breath into it and it whoosh, wakes up and looks around and like, ooh, what is this? What's mm -hmm. this experience? So just so fundamental. Mm. Um, so I think that's part of why. And Mike, I was fortunate to have my curiosity really, encouraged. really encouraged when yeah. I was a kid. You know, I'm not, not a perfect childhood, but among other things, curiosity and creativity, yes, go for it. Mm -hmm. You know, what do you got? Mm -hmm. So it feels really alive. It's amazing. But there's something also about uniqueness, about each person's unique contribution, and that, you know, your curiosity is going to look different from mine. And, and then it comes back to this whole improvisational thing of the shared control. Like, when those two get together, we're going to discover something even better. Yeah. So, yeah, I need you to be curious. Mm -hmm. it, was those, it was those elements in speaking the book out loud where like, oh, yeah, I think this is kind of an original insight. Mm. Or I, not, I don't think I've heard this from somebody else before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That it, it got a little extra juice because that's what I've been longing for for so long. Is like, what's my what do, I, what do I offer? What do I have to say? Yeah. Um, which brings us kind of back around to where we started this whole thing. Of like, yeah. What's... What's my role in the Throwing world? your voice out there. Maybe even more so because I don't have kids. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I don't have that legacy. So, okay. Is there anything that will... Th that you will re be remembered by? Yeah, it's not even as much being remembered as in, like, mattering. Mm -hmm. I don't need people to know that it was me, but I want to... Put this work ...know that I have made a difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a little bit of it that's like paying one's dues. Mm -hmm. I think so much of humanness is fraught, especially Western high-consumption lifestyle yeah. humanness. It's like, uh, we're kind of taking more than we're giving. Yeah. 
So I kind of want to be able to give something back. Yeah. At least equal the books, you know. Yeah. The ledger, even the ledger out. Uh-huh. Um, but it's also just kind of like, no, I, I, I want to make the world a better place. Yeah. I don't know. I hope I can help people. My mom has helped so many people with her books. Uh-huh. I love that about my mom. And, uh, you know, really, really changed people's lives. I'm so excited to see what happens when this book hits the... Yeah. It's the streets. It's the, yeah. Like I'm, I'm stoked for people to get, to get it and for you to start getting feedback, not like feed, feedback, but just like for it to be in the world. Right. Right. Like the thing is complete when it's in the world and it's like so almost there and it's. It also feels like it's the right time. Uh Uh-huh. And that's part of why I felt this anxiety about a little bit of rush about like, I want to get it out. I want to get it out. Because What's the right time? What about now makes it the right time? Well, I think that people are aware of mindfulness and more and more people are aware of improvisation. Mm. And this combination is starting to become a thing. Five, six years ago at the Applied Improvisation Network, I was one of the first people to articulate this to be connection. talking about this, yeah. Yeah, and there were maybe like two or three other people who it really resonated for. At the last Applied Improv conference I went to two years ago, or a year and a half ago, there were like 30 people talking about it. Yeah. And now I see people writing about it and other people so it's like, linking the two. It's like, yeah, it's out throw there. Your, yeah, right. So get your hat in the ring. Somebody's going to be the first person to put the stake in the ground and yeah. say, hey, let me tell you about this. Yeah. So I want it to be, I want it to get out there. Yeah. Partly to be the first person, a little bit of ego stuff, but also to set some parameters for the discussion. And this uh-huh. is what it might look like. Yeah. So that's really exciting. But part of the reason I'm feeling that is because literally every person that I have said the title to has lit up. Mm. Yeah, which is like did not happen with the earlier versions of the title. That's it. And so when I was on vacation and I'd say to people, I had a couple, I saw people reading Kindles. And I was like, can I ask you about your experience of reading on the Kindle? Yeah. I've never, you know, what is that like? And, and they'd say, yeah, why are you asking? Well, I'm just, I'm just about to finish Well, it. I've just <laughs> written a book. Let me tell you about <laughs> it. It's funny that you ask. I'm actually the author of a book. <laughs> oh, what's the title, right? <laughs> and I'd tell them the title and they'd say, oh my God, that sounds great. I want to read that. Mm. How do I get it? Yeah. It, literally every person has responded that way. Yeah. And so, you know, that feels great as a simple affirmation, but it also feels like it's, not, want it's not about me. It's yeah. this, this thing that people need. Uh, so where do people get it, <laughs> Ted, after March 21st? Well, at minimum, you can go to playfulmindfulness.info, <sighs> which is already up, but that's right now lists my classes and such. Uh, but that'll have the, the book and resources there. But it'll be available on Amazon or Barnes & Noble or... Great. Uh, the audiobook will be available on Audible Great. and Amazon. All the places you go to get All books. All the places. If you want to buy it in a regular bookstore, you'll have to ask your bookstore for it probably, but they'll be order, They'll be able to order the hardcover. They won't be able to order the paperback in mm-hmm. stores. But, you know, it's going to have, I hope, it's going to have a bit of virality to it mm-hmm. uh, because I, <laughs> I have no, I've been working on getting the book out. I don't know about a marketing plan yet. Right, yeah. <laughs> It's people like, are you going to do a book tour? I don't know. I don't know. How does a person do that? <laughs> we'll see what Where do we next. go? How do we do that? Yeah, right. Uh, You're like, i got to publish this thing, and then I'll figure out what to do with it. I'm in well, no... Dan O'Connor just published a book. Yeah. Like, people have, we, we know people who've done this. Yeah. And, so you can and follow people. And I've got people. friends who are in the industry, and I'm learning a lot. And 
I don't necessarily, for me, it's not as much about the book, although this could change. It's really about what the book will lead to. So mm -hmm. it's the in-person experiences or the collaborations that will show up. Or yeah. But I'm confident, as so much of the message of the book is, do something bold and then wait and see what happens. Yeah, and then respond. And so I don't know what the response is going to be. Sure. We'll find out. Yeah. But those of you who are listening to the podcast... I love that. This book is largely based on your inspiration and you're going to, if you've listened to the podcast from the beginning, you'd be like, oh yeah, I've heard this before. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this is newly, newly refined version of what yeah. I've heard before. Uh, of Ted and Lisa's ramblings. Yeah. I, I don't know if I told you, I went, at one point I was inserting a little snippet from the podcast into the audiobook, mm -hmm. an example of one of our games. Mm. And I went back and I listened to the podcast around it, maybe five minutes around either mm -hmm. side. It felt so raw, the language we were using. Oh, because you'd been dealing with the book? Because I've been dealing with the book. And which like wordsmithing. Like, exactly. And, yeah. Like refining and paragraph and logical flow. Yeah. And we were just like free flowing, yeah. wherever, yeah. like chiming in, interrupting each other. It was like, yeah. this is so different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so different. And doing an audiobook is so different than doing a podcast. Right where I'm trying to articulate every word and pausing after every sentence to let it <laughs> land, you know, all that kind yeah. of thing. It's yeah, much yeah, less yeah. conversational. Yeah, right, right, of course. <sighs> well, congratulations, <laughs> Thank Ted. You. Thank you. Yeah. I, I hope my excitement comes through because I'm like over the moon. Oh, it's thrilling. Yeah. It's thrilling. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I'm hoping that we'll have some some sort of party. I don't know how it's going to happen. Yeah, but, let's have a party. Uh, some book release party and invite people. And, yeah. You know. But you, uh, you know, I've said this to you personally, but I'm going to say it on the podcast because I want our listeners to hear it. Oh. I'm so grateful for you and for us and for this whole project because when I came out to California, one of the things was I want to move to California because I want to learn more about improv and I want to work with Lisa Rowland. Mm. And we didn't have any idea about the podcast at that point. Right. I remember when you were like, we should do a podcast. And I was like, Ted, <laughs> who wants to hear us talking about what we think? Right. Like, why does anybody want to hear that? Yeah. And I think you were like, well, maybe nobody will listen, but we should make it. <laughs> and I was like, fine, but I don't think anybody's going to listen to this thing. Right. Because why do people want to know my opinions on whatever? Yeah. Um, and it's really gratifying to see, oh, yeah, but it's right. Oh, mm. This is reminding me, I, uh, I recently did a little video for the Career Development Center here at Stanford Okay. that was a series of videos of mainly faculty members in humanities and arts so to, to sort of inspire and inform humanities and arts students mm -hmm. for like what life might look like. Okay. Why are the why is studying the arts important? Blah blah blah. What, what does your career look like? What advice do you have? You know stuff like that. And it was actually awesome. But one of the things that came up that I love that this also feels like is it ties in is when I graduated from Stanford. Steve Jobs was our commencement speaker. Oh, that speech was great. That speech. And the thing that I feel like ha has mostly come out of that speech is his refrain. Stay hungry, stay foolish, mm -hmm. which is lovely, and I like it. Mm -hmm. But the thing that stuck with me, that most inspired me, was the idea that in the connect the dots picture of your life, you never know what the dots are, and and what next dot they connect to yeah. until after you've lived it. Yeah. So the idea that this podcast, whether anybody listened to it or not, although it's certainly motivating that people listen to it, like right. meeting people who have heard it and things like that, 
this podcast was the dot that led to the book. Yep. But we could not have known that. That's right. That's not why we did the podcast. Yep. And it like, and the thing that that inspires me for is that I think people get wrapped up in, but why? But but is this smart? But where is this leading? And it's like you have no idea. That's right. Where this is leading, you cannot know. So your job is to hone the hone the art of response, hone the skill of response, open your attention, be open to taking the next bold step yeah. that appears that is not present yet. We don't know That's what that right. next step is. And so that like feels real so great. It's very gratifying. Yeah. And, and it's it was a bold step, right? So it was a bold step before the response and then the back and forth, the back and forth. And yeah. The, yeah. I mean, I'm hoping that the book will bring more people to the podcast. Yeah. Oh gosh, that's me kind too. of, kind of exciting, fun, yeah. You know? um, and then vice versa, but who, it's all it's all that process. But so yeah, so thank you for all of this almost three years now of process with the podcast. Yeah, that's wild. And leading that in, and then also being generous with sharing it. And you know, we talked about writing the book together, and it was like, man, that would be great fun. Mm-hmm. But we just don't have the time. Yeah. Like you didn't have the space in your schedule or yeah. the priority or yeah, yeah, yeah. and that was that was okay. Yeah. So it took a different shape. And in but, some ways it's kind I mean, it's I mean, anything would be great. That's right. This is great. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's gonna be really exciting and 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 it's cool to be I also would be a maddening partner to write a book with. Maybe. I think. I don't know. We've written a few things together and I think they were great. We wrote the a content would be good. The process, like uh, all of the things that you have had to learn right. and do and be disciplined yes. about, I, I would not have been. I would not have right. been a pleasing partner. And I probably wouldn't have been either because all of my little uh, idiosyncrasies and like obsessions about, you know, where uh, like with the formatting, especially where mm-hmm. is this going to go and w- what font do we use? And you would have been like, dude, st- who cares? <laughs> I'm like, no, but it's got to be like a little like, playful, okay, you playful but serious font and just enough intellectual sophistication to suggest that it could be in a library. And like, also, like, you and I have distinctly different voices, written voices. Yeah, that's true. And that trying to come up with a, how we, I mean, it would have to be different colors, right? As like, this is Ted speaking yeah. and this is Lisa speaking. And like, they share a lot in terms of ideas, but style is pretty different. Very different. So anyway. I think that, I think that because we chose not to write it together, it is probably going to be a little more coherent stylistically <laughs> than it would have been otherwise. Certainly. Which is fair. Collaboration is messy. Yeah. It yields messy results. Right. Yeah. So, but thank you. Thank you for mm. your contributions to my life. You are welcome. And then also, like, it's cool to be on this precipice of, all right, yeah, here's this next bold yeah, step. And yeah, then yeah. I'm really excited about being able to go, <sighs> Yeah. And, like, I have no... I don't have much clue for what April and May are going to look like. Great. I have some teaching gigs, but you know, just like in the evenings. Hmm. Yeah, you won't be able, you won't be editing your book anymore. No. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> 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 oh, Ted, we found another error yeah. on page seventy-nine. Fuck it, get Screw it, get it, it out there. Let, let them, it. let them have it. Yeah. Mistakes are gifts, isn't that what we say? That is. So. There, right? there they are. Um, okay. Anything you want to check in about? <laughs> What's going on? You know, I had a great show this past weekend. Mm-hmm. It was inspiring. Yeah. It felt so, so fun. I, uh, was this the show that I was at? Yeah. Yeah. So say more. What inspired you about Improvised the show? Improvised musicals. 
two improvised musicals, one in each half. It was so fun. I'm just like, I just feel so lucky I get to do this work. And, and then today, I taught a class just before this, we're at Stanford, and I just taught an improv class, and we're at week nine of a 10-week quarter. And today they just improvised. They, they did sort of King of the Hill theater sports. So mm -hmm. broke the whole class into teams. Two teams would compete against each other. The audience would vote which one won. The winner would stay on stage. The other one would sit down. Another team would join, would, would take the stage. So every, everybody got to play one or two games. I said, you know, this is your time to lean in, into inspiration. You've learned a whole bunch of games. You've done a whole bunch of scenes. If you have any questions or like, well, what if we did this game, but we did it this way? Or what if we combined mm -hmm. this and this? Like, now's the time. We're going to do Experiment. a whole bunch of stuff. Experiment. Yeah. Like, it might be a dismal failure. And that would be lovely. Like, try stuff that's never been done. And almost everybody did. Tried something that I had, awesome. ne that I had never seen. So it was a hot, glorious hot mess sometimes, right. right? Of like, people who are inspired who are doing improv with a set of skills they did not have when they entered the class or didn't, so weren't in touch with or didn't know, you know. And I, I just was like, at the end of the class, I was like, you guys just did an improv show. Way to go. Like, here you, you, you are improvisers, yeah. you know. And I am just, and the, beyond any skill that they displayed in terms of craft. right. The mindset and boldness and bravery of jumping into performing for for their peers, doing yeah. things they have never done before in a playful, collaborative way, I was like, good in the world. So that that cl the class wrapping up and the show both sound like fulfillment experiences. Yes, totally, and like gr and m major gratitude that I get to do things like that. That I get to spend my time doing things that strike that that pluck at a cord of meaning, mm. you know, yeah. in me. And I'm so aware that like, that's not a, not a, it's not a com necessarily a, a common experience. Right. Well, that show on Saturday night was so thrilling. It was, oh, God, it was fun. the first, the first musical was a, like a crime. Yeah. Crime. Noir. Cr it was crime like a noir, noir type musical. Yeah. And you were trying to get rid of your husband. He was 40 years older than I, I was and creepy. Creepy, like, yes. But you were just using it for the money and you yeah. got connected with this assassin. and Who killed people for money and I was like, well, let's, let's work something out. And we were hot for each other too. <laughs> yeah, and there was real steam real coming through heat. that connection. Yeah. And then intermission, wipe the, wipe the, the stage clean. clean, wipe the slate clean. And the second half is a fantasy with... A gnome who's going off on a journey to save the gnome people by putting stars in the sky. Yeah, it was so sweet. It was so sweet, and he had to fight off this evil human who had killed all the magical, all, all, the, all other the other magical, magical creatures. creatures, all the ogres and fairies and unicorns. Like they had all been slaughtered, and, and, and <laughs> elves, dragons. No, yeah. just and it was so it was so fun, and the some some of the songs were great, and yeah, there was just consistent laughter and great storytelling, and it, it was one of those nights where I left the theater going. How the hell do we do this stuff? Yeah. Do you these people do this stuff? We, right? But we right you do it yeah. too. Like yeah, how do we like, do this? It's unbelievable yeah, it's that these stories emerge in just real time. And so, Jesse Hoffman, who is a former Stanford improviser, who was guesting with the Bats Company that night, who I met 
when you were coaching her when high school team. I was team. coaching her high, and she was a freshman in high school. So yeah. that was another really cool thing was that circle coming back around. Oh my god, that yeah. we we are now playing as peers. I met her when she was a four, when she was fourteen years old. That's she like so wandered cool. in to this audition, and. And we played together for her whole high school career, and then she went to Stanford, and I was connected to her with, with her through the Stanford Improvisers, and then she graduated and has been doing improv around, and now is coming to play at Bats and as a guest. It was like talk about a fulfillment. Oh. Yeah. So, so here she is. She starts this first half of the show, understandably, first time guesting on the Bats stage. Who's a little hung back, just a little, a little bit quiet for the show, right? Yeah. She, strong contributions, but she was not a lead role, right? But then switched in the second half. She comes out, and in the very opening song, she lays out the entire, here's what we're doing. Yeah. This is what the plot is. Yeah. You're the hero. Yeah. This is what you're going to be doing. This is what you're up against. Here's your task. Here's your... Yeah, and right. she laid it out in a song, in a, like a three-minute song. Yeah. It was like, unbelievable. Yeah. So great. She's, a, she's an incredible talent. And, uh, and has a voice for Broadway. I mean, Oof. Yeah. It was really fun to see you, so I'm glad that that feels good. Because you had been, you had had like a crazy, crazy busy week of just pedal to the metal, oh my God. flat out. So then to get that creative yeah, release at the end. Not to mention that day I'd had several sort of emotional breakdowns. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> like I just had been crying all day for various reasons. Right. And I was feeling things deeply. I had very few resources. I was like really in it. And then that show was transcendent. And it was like one of the things. It's like I got cleared out or I was too exhausted to right. filter myself or something. It was like pure and raw. And it was the the more than a silver lining. It was like the 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 pain and turmoil allowed the clarity right. and joy. I'm reminded as I was talking about the book, like when we open up that feeling, it puts us in a different Space. Well, the lows allow the highs, I think, yeah. right? Yeah. Also. So it's like you if you clamp down on one of them, you clamp down on both of them. Right. But I was thinking about that when you were talking about Unleashed. Mm. Because we've also talked about sort of like maintaining control. Right. Especially about like, emo like intense emotional expression. And, and what do we get when we allow the fullness of those mm -hmm. experiences? Because if you practice shutting those things down, what else are you also yeah. shutting down, right? You, the yep. skill shows up and is applied to a whole bunch of different things. Yeah, I don't know. That's a little bit. The concept is very <laughs> the interesting. The image that comes to mind, it might be a little excessive, but is of chemotherapy. Mm, yeah, you're killing like, cells. We're trying, to shut, trying to shut down the bad stuff, so we're just going to kill everything. Yeah. Like, and it's oh, like sometimes whoops. you got to do a scorched earth approach and we're right. killing it all to get, you know, to root out the evil. But there, And there's a price to that. That's a huge price. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I, I was there when you were going through some of that emotional stuff that was, uh, it was, yeah, it was powerful. You were feeling some things. It's but then pretty that, intense. I that, felt pretty out of control. I was like, I don't want to be doing this right now. Yeah. But I loved being able to see you on stage that same night, mm. knowing that, because it was like, yeah, here's this inspiration was flowing through you and you were doing awesome. It was so and fun. And the songs you were coming up with and the, your, your, Femme Fatale in the mm. first show was, yeah, she was amazing. And then you were a demon in the second show. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. So fun. Yeah. It was cool. So. I, I described this to a friend of mine and he goes, oh, a life in the arts. Or like a day, a, a day as an artist or yeah. something like that. And yeah. I was like, yeah, that's. That's how it goes. There it is. It's like what we sign up for. Somebody's got to have torment <laughs> in order to create beauty. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's it's very just, noble of you. You're just a mess. Yeah. It was just a mess. Yeah. I was a total, uh, just, I was just a you mess. You were 
an artist. I was an artist. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is where that comes from. All right. So, uh, okay, cool. Yeah. Well, I... So let's, let's pack this let's, in. Let's tie the bow up and yeah. put the seal Gift on the envelope. Gift under the tree. Gift under the tree. Merry put it Christmas. in the mail, sign sealed, delivered. I'm yours. Well. So let's let's close it up. Yeah, let's let's close it up. And one more time, congratulations on being an an almost published author. Right. Thank you so much. And one more time, thank you. Mm-hmm. And uh, to be continued. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. Okay. Catch Ciao. you later. everybody for listening to that episode of the monster baby podcast that was a curious romp through the worlds of mindfulness and improvisation though not as much as normal no no it was an interview it was more of an interview more but that's appropriate a curious interview through an author of mindfulness playful mindfulness yeah um, yeah, that felt great. I was, it was so nice to sort of, I mean, I've been along the ride, along alongside you yeah. for the ride of the creation of this thing, but it was kind of cool to like put it all in one, Right. like look at it all as one piece. Thank you. Yeah, I, it's fun to get to do a little retrospective and to yeah, that's it. take stock of the accomplishment. And you know, people have recently asked me, how long did this take you to write? I'm like, well. All um, my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's that. <laughs> Actually, it's true. But like. On one level, two and a half years. Uh, on another level, it's sort of when I started my sabbatical. But you know, it feels like yeah, here we're. This is a culmination, and so of even so to get to talk yeah. about it on the podcast feels like a culmination. Mm-hmm. And maybe I'll do other podcasts where I'm talking about the book. This was the first one. Maybe you'll be invited onto podcasts to talk about the book. We got the scoop. We scooped ourselves. We yeah. scooped me. <laughs> we scooped ourselves. <laughs> I don't know that the scoops work that way. <laughs> We're the first to talk about We're this book. We're the first based to talk about podcast. us. <laughs> yeah, right. So in any case. We uh, broke the news. So yeah, so uh, if you're listening to this before March 21st, 2019, that's when the book should be available. Yeah. If you're listening to it afterwards, it's probably already available. Yeah, Maybe so you've go already check it out. It. Amazon, yeah. that business. Amazon, Barnes Noble, wherever you go. Wherever right. you go. Or playfulmindfulness.info. Your favorite bookseller. And uh, if you want to order in bulk... Contact me directly. I'll hook you up. And you should. You get some discount prices. Get a crate of those books. Yeah, who knows? And uh, if there's anything else you want related to it, who knows? You can also write to Ted. Yeah. Or just, you know, if there's anything you want not related to it. Ted at monsterbabypodcast.com. Dot com. Uh, And you've got some shows coming up. i got some shows coming up. I'm playing on the next two Saturdays, which are March 9 and 16. And then in May, heads up, we're doing the Bechtel test every Saturday in May. And I'm in most of those, three of the four of them, I think. That's exciting. And that's the, yeah. And then you've got an Improv Playhouse of San Francisco show. On April 6th. April 6th. And the night before that. I'm duoing with Ben Johnson. Which is going to be really exciting. If you don't know Ben Johnson, he's a magical improviser. Magical. I use that word on purpose. I don't use it loosely. No. He's magical. He is definitely magical. And the two of you together, especially so. Hopefully. I want to fuel his magic. It's my job. But we're doing a a duo. And I don't... I have done one duo in my life. Mm -hmm. And I loved it. It was with Rafe in Berlin. Okay. I'm going to beg to differ because you've done more. Because we did one. We duoed. But it wasn't, you know... It wasn't on a San Francisco stage, but it was at 
Yeah. Out of school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's right. Which that's is a right. total blast. I, the d- d- difference is noted. I mean, the correction is noted. <laughs> we'll submit, it wasn't, we'll it wasn't submit a correction. Name a duo show, but it, but it was a duo. Yeah. And it's I find it so fun and so engaging, and so I'm super stoked to. It's really cool. Super fun. Uh, you can go to is it LisaRoland.com? That's where you can go. Yeah, to Dot find com. out all her shows and stories and such. Yeah. Uh, if you want to talk to us about the podcast, info at monsterbabypodcast.com. And, uh, <laughs> anytime we say any website, that's what, is it going to be dot org? <laughs> no. Uh, no. It's the power of marketing and jingles. Yes, it's very powerful. So, uh, yeah, thanks for being with us. We love you. Yeah, we'll see you next time. And uh, we're eager to keep this ball rolling, so stay tuned for what comes next. Roll on, rollers. Ciao.